0: Welcome once again to At Home in Your Hymnal, Pastor Clint Poppy, Pastor Adam Moline. Each time we gather for At Home in Your Hymnal, we spend a little time in Lutheran Service Book, the official hymnal of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. We take some time to analyze uh, worship in general, the theology of worship, the liturgy of the church. And a few episodes ago, we started our new series on hymns in Lutheranism, hymns in LSB. And right now, we are talking about hymns that every Lutheran should know. Today, we're going to be analyzing and spending some time with LSB 555, Salvation Unto Us Has Come. Welcome, Pastor Moline. Thank you, and it's
1: a... Good timing when we're recording this because Bach wrote a cantata for the sixth Sunday after Trinity that used this particular hymn. So,
0: Awesome, awesome. This is also the uh, hymn of the day, believe it or not, for Reformation celebration. And uh, it is uh, a, a hymn that has a long and rich history and heritage in Lutheranism. It's also a hymn that has uh, sparked much debate with regard to hymnody, what is a hymn? The nature of a hymn. Uh, there was a time in Lutheranism when uh, when this hymn was forgotten. This hymn was uh, denigrated. This hymn was uh, put on the shelf. And thanks be to God, it is uh, it is back. It is back, at least restored to the way it was in the Lutheran hymnal, the uh, nineteen forty one hymnal of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, the uh, LW hymnal, uh, it was uh, hymn number 355 in LW, and four verses were omitted from that uh, 10-verse hymn in TLH, TLH 377, and uh, originally there were even more than 10 verses. What can you tell us about that, Pastor? Pastor?
1: Yeah. uh, Actually, in the uh, earliest versions, uh, there are 14 verses. And so even, uh, for example, I talked about Bach using it uh, for one of his uh, cantatas. He quotes in that particular cantata verses from the hymn that we don't have in our English translation, uh, but that are still pretty good hymns, uh, verses if I say so myself.
0: In the bottom of... uh LSB 555, there are several scripture references, and when you get scripture references like this, you know something big is going on. It has Romans 3, 10 to 31, Romans 5, 1 to 11, Galatians 3, 1 to 25, Ephesians 2, 1 to 10. Well, first of all, those are some of the most epic places in all of scripture where you go to read about the doctrine of justification, the proper distinction between law and gospel. And uh, in our short program, uh, we don't have time to analyze uh, 60 verses of scripture and 10 verses of a hymn. So I would just encourage you to check out these great awesome places in scripture where god's word is extolled and especially the doctrine of justification i've never seen anything like that before in a hymn have you pastor
1: uh well i mean it's great that we have those too and that we have that many verses and that's uh for this particular hymn a lot of the author paul Sporadus's um inspiration comes from romans chapter three he is a contemporary of luther he um friends with Luther, he's a missionary, and so he's trying to go into these places that are against the evangelical Lutheran church and convert them, and so he writes this great hymn based on Romans 3 to help with that process. And so, you know, it shouldn't be a surprise to us uh, that uh, this much of Scripture is quoted here, because that's the whole underlying tenant of the Lutheran confession of faith is that we believe what the Bible teaches.
0: And so here, let's have a lot of Bible quotes here to uh, emphasize that fact. Well, we want to look at the individual verses of the hymn. We want to take some time and uh, talk about the author of this hymn, uh, a gentleman that only has one hymn in our hymnal and uh, one that, uh, like I said, has been denigrated, uh, Paul Sparatus. 1484 to 1551, but before we do that, we want to uh, listen to verse 1 of LSB 555, and the words are as follows, salvation unto us has come by God's free grace and favor. Good works cannot avert our doom, they help and save us never. Faith looks to Jesus Christ alone, Who did for all the world atone? He is our one Redeemer. And now we're going to listen to verse 1. there you have it that is verse one of lsb 555 salvation unto us has come pastor uh thoughts on that verse
1: well i think it's great because it is uh, a really bold theological theological confession that it's making and uh, helping us to understand here uh, that salvation is a gift from God. It is not earned. It is not purchased. uh, It is not uh, something that we have to do something at all to get, but rather God gives it to us. And and, uh, we have that great, you know, in the face of what we think and how we operate as human beings, that good works cannot stop our doom. Only Jesus Christ for the world atones. That's, that's, the foundation of justification
0: by faith through grace—that's um, that's the truth. It is amazing to me how much theology is packed into that one verse. <laughs> Salvation <laughs> to us has come. Now much of. Uh, theology, especially here in America, Reformed evangelical theology, would tell us that we have to go to God. We have to do something for God. Um, Roman Catholic theology would incorporate good works in some way, shape, or form, but Reformed and evangelical theology is is immersed in this, uh, give your heart to Jesus, pray the sinner's prayer. Jesus did pretty much everything, but you need to do something to make it sure. And this hymn flies in the face of that. This hymn confesses boldly the truth of God's word, that salvation is a gift, God's free grace, God's favor. Salvation comes to us. We don't go to salvation.
1: Yeah, and uh, the amazing thing about that is, you know, when we think about um, having to do something to save yourselves today, we oftentimes think of the Reformed uh, and the Calvinists. But the the reality is is that this is written before those people even existed, Uh, and so it's actually aimed even more squarely uh, by the author at the Catholic Church, which was teaching at that time. There are particular things that you have to do to um, add good works to your credit Score or whatever so that you can get into heaven and uh, avoid purgatory for longer uh, things like that And so it's squarely pointing at those
0: ideas as well. It's not that faith is not important in Roman Catholic theology It's just that faith alone Is is, not enough is not enough faith alone is condemned faith alone is uh, Anathematized in uh, the Council of Trent good works cannot avert our doom they help and save us never. It doesn't say good work shouldn't be done. It's just that they can't do anything with regard to our salvation. Faith looks to Jesus Christ alone. Jesus Christ alone. Luther has been criticized uh, at times for supposedly inserting in his translations the word alone. Your comments on that, Pastor? Pastor. Well
1: um it is the the truth that there is that criticism out there and yet the the reality is it is only by Jesus Christ that we're saved there is no other name under heaven and earth by which men may be saved i think uh, st peter preaches uh in the in the book of acts and so it it might not I'd have to look at the Greek there, right, to see if it's inserted or not. But the idea that that's the reality and the theological truth is in the Scripture in multiple places. And so it's good for us to know that, that it's only alone in
0: Jesus that we have salvation. The, uh, the next line confesses uh, another uh, somewhat controversial doctrine who did for all the world atone. We call this objective justification that jesus died once and for all which the scriptures clearly teach uh for all people for all time for all sin jesus has done absolutely everything in his perfect life obedient death and glorious resurrection and ascension to pay for all sin for all people for all time pastor why is that teaching of objective justification or universal justification um controversial. It, sh- it seems like that should be a no-brainer. Well, it
1: should be. I mean, Scripture clearly teaches that uh, teaching, and yet... Um we like to bring the judgment into our own uh, authority and to say, well, yeah, obviously that person's a jerk and uh, they need to be canceled and never talked about again. Uh, that person said something offensive, we should cancel them. Uh, so we we don't deal that same way that God does by sending Christ to die for all, this, all the sins of all the people of all the world. Um, and... We don't operate that way because we think we know better than God. You know, I I know Poppy's sins— better than you, God, because I have to work with him. And so, you know, I know know you couldn't have never forgiven him for what he's done.
0: It also, you know, kind of opens the door for universalism, that you don't need faith, that all sins are paid for, and that is certainly contrary to what the scriptures teach. We teach objective justification that Christ paid for the sins of the whole world. God's Word also clearly teaches subjective justification, that it becomes yours when you grasp it or apprehend it by grace through faith. Both are true and both are clearly taught in the scriptures. Uh, Before we go into our first break I want to read verse 2 what God did in his law demand and none to him could render caused wrath and woe on every hand for man the vile offender our flesh has not those pure desires the spirit of the law requires And lost is our condition. When we come back from our break, we're going to play verse 2 as we come into our next segment. So uh, pay careful attention to that. This is at home in your hymnal. We need to take a short break. We uh, hope and pray that our uh, analysis of LSB 555, Salvation Unto Us Has Come, would be a great blessing. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back.
1: You are listening to K N N A L P 95.7 FM Lincoln, Nebraska. I am, I am.
0: Welcome back to At Home in your hymnal. That was verse 2 of LSB 555, Salvation Unto Us Has Come. A great Reformation hymn, a great hymn with uh, much, much uh, history, a little bit of controversy as well, written by Paul Sparatus, um, We believe in the year 1523, while he was in prison, believe it or not, he was in prison for preaching the gospel. Isn't that that amazing when we think about how free and easy uh, we have things here in America? Pastor, uh, let's take a look at verse 2. What God did in his law demand, and none to him could render caused wrath and woe on every hand for man, the vile offender. Our flesh has not those pure desires the spirit of the law requires, and lost is our condition. Uh, What's going on in that first line of verse 2?
1: Well, it's a... uh Confession of what really the definition of the law is. God says this is what you need to do, and our sinful nature is unable to accomplish it. So uh, you shall have no other gods, and yet we have all sorts of idols within our heart. You shall remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, and yet we desire to sleep in on Sunday mornings and not to study God's word. We'd rather watch Married with Children or whatever is on TV, right? Uh, all these things the God, the law says, what's perfect and good, and we find that we ourselves cannot accomplish that, that we are sinful people and that we fall short in thought, word, and
0: deed. Isn't it amazing how, how this hymn, attacking some of the false teachings of the day, anticipated some of the false teachings that are currently with us right now, especially to the radical reformers that said, God wouldn't tell you to do something if you can't do it. So, I even heard that today. I mean, it's not just an old thing. So I've heard when people say it now, so when God says, "Be perfect," as I, the Lord, your God, imperfect, uh, it's possible. Some people would say perfection is possible. You just need to try harder. You need to dig deeper inside, and that is absolutely contrary to what God's Word teaches, right? It, it, it's uh, pure bunkus. <laughs> there you go. My grandma used to say bunk. Um, caused wrath and woe on every hand for man the vile offender. So God actually is angry because of our sin?
1: Yeah, he, he is. He hates sin. He hates um, everything to do with it. He doesn't like it, uh, and he would seek to destroy it. In fact, it's only by his grace and mercy that he has allowed the world to continue on in sin, uh, and that
0: grace and mercy is shown in the person of Jesus, which we'll get to eventually. Our faith has not those pure desires— The spirit of the law requires, and lost is our condition. The total depravity of man is clearly taught in Scripture. And yet in many, many theologies that are out there, um, that is denied or manipulated that there might be some kind of a spark of good in us. Why is that such a dangerous teaching, Pastor? Pastor? Well,
1: it takes the uh, act of salvation off the shoulders of Jesus and puts it on ourself. Even, I know you can say, well, Jesus still died on the cross for my sins. If that's, that's true, yes. But if you say, but it's up to me to accept it or invite it or do this or do that to receive it, then it doesn't matter one way or the other about Jesus. It's up to you. You're the reason that you're saved or you're the reason
0: that you're condemned. The... Uh we're we're on a flow here, folks. We gotta we gotta keep going with verse. Uh, we gotta keep going with verse three uh, because the thought pattern just keeps continuing. Pastor, do you want to read verse three of uh, LSB five fifty five? Salvation unto us has come. It was a
1: false, misleading dream that God His Law had given that sinners could themselves redeem and by their works gain heaven. The law is not. The law is but a mirror bright to bring the inbred sin to light that lurks within our nature. I'm having trouble with my speaking today. Yeah,
0: your English vocabulary. You're better at the German today. huh? (laughs) Um, A false, misleading dream that God his law had given that sinners could themselves redeem. What a beautiful, you know, some people criticize this hymn because it's nothing more or merely rhymed, doctrine. This is a beautiful, beautiful word picture here, how it is a fantasy. It is a dream world to think that we can save ourselves. Um, God did not give the law so that we could work really, really hard to achieve it. We can't. By, go, go ahead.
1: And I think maybe even the way it's written here to create versification for us kind of makes it a little bit confusing. So let me say it this way. It was a false, misleading dream that sinners could themselves redeem by the law that God had given. And that's maybe the way to think about that. You can't save yourself by fulfilling the law because you've already broken the law. And so you're already uh, miles down the creek and no paddle.
0: But the law is not bad. The law is good and wise, as we have in a different hymn. Uh, The third line, the law is but a mirror bright to bring the inbred sin to light that lurks within our nature. That law as a mirror. How is that classic scriptural teaching, Pastor? Well, uh, it's classic scriptural
1: teaching in the sense that, uh, and this is what we teach confirmation kids, right, in the very basic form. The law shows our sin. It reflects who we are. And so when, and this is, uh, Paul writes this way as well, Um, when the law comes, it increases sin because it, it allows us to see ourselves truly and and literally the same way we would looking in a mirror, you know, uh, trying to fix our uh, unibrows and uh, uh, trim our nose hairs or whatever it is. The law does the same thing. It shows our imperfections. We don't Uh, take care of people bodily. We don't uh, uh, love our spouses the way we ought to. We don't go to church the way we ought to. We don't um, use God's name properly. And so the law reveals this within ourselves, whether we want to believe
0: it or not. The law as a mirror is oftentimes oftentimes referred to as the theological use of the law. And it is the primary use of the law to reflect back to us our sins. Um, pastor, uh, verse four was omitted in LW. Verse four continues on with this theme and verse four and five, quite frankly, were omitted from LW. And, uh, the reason was, I suppose, that, uh, you know, you've already heard the law. Uh, why do we need more of it? And yet the story of our fallen nature, the story of the use of God's law continues on. Verse 4, you want to read that, please? From sin our flesh could not abstain. Sin held its
1: sway unceasing. The task was useless and in vain. Our guilt was air increasing. None can remove sin's poison dart or purify our guileful heart. So deep is our corruption.
0: You know, and maybe we don't like to hear about how deep our corruption is. Maybe that's why uh, uh, some people would, would skip a verse like that. Um, you know, sometimes people will say, you know, I remember uh, when uh, Ronald Reagan was president and uh, Nancy Reagan, his wife, was in charge of drug education in America. And she would just, uh, her, her platform was uh, just say no, just don't do it. And uh, that sounds so good. But our human nature, our fallen human nature, our sin won't allow us to just not sin abstinence in that respect is is not a choice is it no uh
1: even um, without knowing it we already sin and if we don't know how we're doing
0: it and uh, what we're doing there's no way that we can stop ourselves our guilt was air increasing that's another line that we don't like to think about the more we study the law the worse it makes us feel why is that pastor
1: Well, because if we take God's word honestly, we study the law honestly, we see more and more deeply how far we've already fallen. Uh, It's like um, uh, noticing, you know, so if we're going back to the uh, floating down the creek without a paddle, right? Uh, The more we look around at our situation and our surroundings, the more we realize how far away from our campsite we've come and how much how impossible it is to get
0: ourselves back up the river. The, uh, the last lines there also have some beautiful imagery. None can remove sin's poison dart or purify our guileful heart. That poison dart of sin, that guileful heart that we have, that is how deep our corruption is. Let's listen once again to uh, the next verse of LSB 555. Verse 4. we have verses 3 and 4 of Salvation Unto Us Has Come, LSB 555. We are uh, analyzing this hymn. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit more about the author of this hymn when we come back from our break. And uh, also, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, how it fits into the Wolf Mueller Hymn Cruncher that we've been using as our objective analysis of songs that you sing in the church. Pastor, I think we have enough time to look at verse 5. This is another one that was omitted uh, in uh, Lutheran worship. Yet the law must be fulfilled, or we must die despairing. Christ came and has God's anger stilled, our human nature sharing. He has for us the law obeyed, and thus the Father's vengeance stayed, which over us impended. Pastor, now we have our first talk of Jesus, and it is Jesus in relationship to this holy, perfect law that condemns us completely. Why is this such a key transitional verse in this hymn? Well, it moves us
1: from condemnation and death and hell into the gospel, which is God's mercy and love and care and compassion. And uh, in that regard, it's really great uh, because it points us not to ourselves, not to our own actions, not to how much money we donate, uh, but rather it uh, points us to Jesus Christ who fulfilled God's law
0: perfectly on our behalf. He has for us the law obeyed. Pastor so what? Jesus came and lived a perfect life. He's God in the flesh. That's no big deal, right?
1: Uh, I mean... It seems like it shouldn't be any big deal, but he faced all the same temptations that we did, and uh, sorry, Don Lemon, he was perfect uh, completely and totally. He fulfilled all of God's word, all of God's law, and then uh, by his death, he allowed that to count on our account. And so it's kind of like he had all the money in his bank account, and uh, uh, he transferred it over to us so that we... Have the the ability to stand before God without fear.
0: When we come back from our break, we'll ha- we'll hear verse five of LSB five fifty five. This is at home in your hymnal. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. You are listening to
2: KNNALP ninety five point seven FM, Lincoln, Nebraska.
0: Welcome back to At Home in Your Hymnal, Pastor Clint Poppy. Pastor Adam Oleen, we are privileged to serve the saints at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. At home in your hymnal gives you an opportunity, hopefully, to be more at home in your hymnal, whether it's in the divine service, the corporate worship services of the church, at home with your family or personal devotions. In uh, these uh, most recent episodes and for the next several episodes, we're going to be looking at individual hymns in the church. Today, we're looking at LSB 554 Five salvation unto us has come, and uh, we are listening. The individual verses we're listening from the uh, Higher Things. Here we stand album, singing the hymns of the Reformation, and thank you to Higher Things for making that available on the internet. We heard verse five as we came back from our break, uh, making the transition from. The law which condemns us to Christ who fulfills the law on our behalf. And we'll look at verses uh, 6 through 10 as we continue on with our program. But before we uh, do, this is a nice time to take a little break. I think a lot of congregations break up uh hymn 555 when they sing it, and they sing the first five verses, and then maybe later on in the service or during the distribution of the Lord's Supper, sing verses 6 through 10, which is a uh, meet, right, and salutary thing to do. Um, let's talk a little bit about the author of this hymn, Paul Sparatus. Pastor, uh, you want to give us a, a little biography of Sparatus and why he is... Well, I mean, he's kind of an obscure name, but why he is such an important figure for us and really an inspiration for the church today.
1: Yeah, uh, Paul Sparatus is born in 1484, which would be uh, about 13 months after Luther, uh, almost exactly is when he's born. Uh, he's born and he becomes a Catholic priest, just like Martin Luther does. Um, but as he's uh being a priest, he begins to see some of the works that Martin Luther had written, specifically starting with the 95 Theses uh, about indulgences and then some of the works that flowed out after that. And Paul Sporadus is converted to the um, evangelical Lutheran faith, uh, the, the actual real Christian faith, to say it succinctly. And so he begins to uh, preach that. And as we heard earlier in our episode, that leads to him being kicked out of various towns and villages. And so he keeps moving to a different place, uh, he and his wife. Um, And so eventually uh, he's arrested uh, by the king uh, and he is uh, sentenced to be burned to death as a heretic. Uh, And while he is arrested, and while he's awaiting that sentence to be carried out, he writes the hymn that we've been looking at, Salvation Unto Us Has Come. Um, and, of course, he doesn't get burned to death. He gets rescued by his friend who intercedes for him on behalf of the king, uh, and so he's he's able to continue to be a pastor for the rest of his life. Martin Luther supposedly heard this hymn shortly after it was written, sung by a beggar outside his window, and Martin Luther loved it so much he was moved to tears, which led to then when Paul Speratus is released Released from prison and comes to Wittenberg, and uh, meets Martin Luther. Uh, the two of them get together, and they make the very first Lutheran hymnal, the Oct Liederbuch, uh, and they uh, it has oct eight, uh, and so there's eight hymns that are in this pamphlet book that they can publish and distribute so that people learn these things. And so you see also then this hymn is a catechetical tool that is being used to push the Reformation and return us to the true teachings of Scripture through the theology that we have versified here that we've been uh, reading about.
0: It's uh, it's interesting that uh, Sparatus was one of the first uh, – priest who becomes a Lutheran pastor to uh, break the vows of celibacy and to get married. Uh, He's a layman for a time and is called back into service because the church (laughs) needs preachers and uh, I also thought it was interesting that uh, the two people that uh, primarily interceded on his behalf that kept him from being burnt at the stake were Duke Albrecht of Prussia and Queen Maria of of Hungary, these must have been two friends of the Reformation, right? Uh,
1: yes, they were, and uh, uh, Prussia, you know, becomes a big deal later on. That's where modern state of Germany comes out of, is the Prussian Union. Um, and uh, also, then we, it's worth pointing out for Sparatus here, he ends up going to serve in a part of uh, Germany at that time, but which is now a part of Poland, uh, to the northern uh, part of that town, and uh, he's kind of forgotten about there. He does his work. And and uh, the important things that he's done are over, and that's okay. Uh,
0: Pastor, just a, a little bit on um, Sparatus' Work translating Luther's Formula Missae in 1523 into German, and then uh, later on in 1525, at the direction of Luther, drawing up the uh, the first official liturgy and rules of church governance, the uh, Um This uh, this is no ordinary parish pastor, is he?
1: No, he's obviously very gifted at music uh, and languages and uh, a pretty smart guy, and And I think it's worth always pointing this out that throughout the course of history for the last um, several thousand years, some of the smartest people that have ever lived have actually been Christians uh, and Christian pastors and priests. And I think we do ourselves disservice today when we try and dumb everything down uh, and put it at too simple a level. The Christian faith is not a simple thing, it is a complex, difficult thing, and uh, something we can wrestle with for our entire lives. So he does take these works and translate them, set them to music, which is a hard work to do, to keep the meter and the rhyme, and then also to change it from a different language, uh, which could have
0: completely different words. And so uh, he's obviously very skilled in that regard. And this is a gentleman, obviously, like you said, very gifted, uh, could have devoted his uh, time and energy to making a name for himself, but instead he goes uh, basically to the end of the world in uh, Pomerania, uh, Marian Werder, uh, a poverty-stricken area, uh, area, and he served as parish pastor with tireless devotion and energy adhering to the evangelical truth until his death, August twelfth, fifteen 1551. Uh, What does that say about a parish pastor who is content preaching and serving his people and not making a name for himself?
1: Well, um, that really should be every single pastor should be okay with that. And I think in that regard, uh, Sporadus' life kind of reflects that of some of the others. For example, we have Saint Matthias, who is uh, called to be an apostle after Judas goes and hangs himself. Uh, And Matthias, uh, after he becomes an apostle, he goes to the armpit of the Roman Empire and uh, does his work there preaching the word faithfully to people uh, and is really kind of forgotten about in that regard.
0: I think the name Paul Sparatus uh, should be remembered by faithful Christians, by faithful Lutherans, and uh, that this hymn is uh, worthy of consideration. It's worthy of memorization, too. Uh, I always have a, a special deal with uh, kids in uh confirmation class or uh, in our school or preschool chapel with this hymn. We'll talk about that a little bit later.
1: And maybe, real quick, we should remember this hymn August 12th, uh, which is the day that Paul Sparatus died, which is coming up here. So maybe on that day we should uh, remind everybody to sing this hymn uh, in in memory of Paul Sparatus' work.
0: That's a great idea, Pastor. Uh, let's take a look at verse 6 now of um, hymn, Uh, 5.55, Salvation Unto Us Has Come. Pastor, you want to read those words? Since Christ has full
1: atonement made and brought to us salvation, each Christian therefore may be glad and build on this foundation. Your grace alone, dear Lord, I plead, for death is now my life indeed, for you have paid my ransom.
0: Another key transitional verse. Not only did Jesus live a perfect life, verse 5, which in and of itself would have saved him, but would have done no good for anyone else. Christ has full atonement made. Can you unpack that word atonement for us? Yeah, the
1: word atonement um, has to do with sacrifice to repair a relationship between a God and a human being, um, and specifically, in this case, the one true God and all humanity itself. And so... uh, it's, it's a really important thing. It returns them to one um, in mind and in uh, relationship and in care and compassion with one another by killing something else and atoning or making up for what had been done wrong to break that relationship. It's
0: more than just paying the debt. It actually restores the relationship. And uh, we see very, very little of that kind of reconciliation going on in the world. And this should be the cause of rejoicing. Each Christian, therefore, may be glad and build on this foundation pastor what are we building you would think that this is the end all to be all how does the christian build on the foundation of the atonement of jesus christ
1: well um Once we understand that that's how we're saved by what God has done, now we're all of a sudden set free to live our lives in love towards God and in fervent love towards the people that God puts into our lives around us to show them the same compassion that God has shown us. Uh, And it's not done in a way to earn our salvation, but it's done in joyful response to what God has done to earn our salvation and to share that good news with all who will hear.
0: Verse 6 of LSB 555. Your death is now my life indeed, for you have paid my ransom. Dying to live. How does that sum up the life of a Christian, Pastor?
1: Well, uh, that's exactly the way it is. Uh, We die with Christ in our baptism, and we're raised with him in our baptism, and we live forever with him in our baptism.
0: When we come back from our break, we want to take a look at the last four verses of Salvation Unto Us Has Come, LSB 555. Verses 7 and 8 in LSB are generally omitted many times when this hymn is sung. Uh, I don't know if they're thought to be redundant or what, but uh, they are marvelous, marvelous verses. They were included in TLH, omitted in LW, and now they are back in LSB. Be. This is At Home in Your Hymnal. Uh, thank you for tuning in. This is episode 40. We began our look at Lutheran hymnody in episode 38. In episode 39, we looked at Lord Thee I Love with all my heart, and uh, we're going to continue for the next several episodes looking at great Lutheran hymns, hymns that every Lutheran, every Christian for that matter, should consider and uh, should sing and memorize and teach and and all of that. We'll be right back.
1: You are listening to K N N A L P 95.7 FM Lincoln, Nebraska. You
0: Welcome once again, and welcome back to at home in your hymnal, Pastor Poppy, Pastor Moline. We are examining uh hymns of Lutheranism right now and today we are looking at Salvation unto us has come, LSB 555. What you just heard as we came back from break was verse 7. Uh, a wonderful verse that uh, was omitted in LW but uh, thankfully is back now in LSB. Pastor, you want to read those words and then uh Tell us why it is so important that objective justification be connected to subjective justification as it is in this verse.
1: "'Let me not doubt but truly see your word cannot be broken. Your call rings out, come unto me, no falsehoods have you spoken. Baptized into your precious name, my faith cannot be put to shame, and I shall never perish.'" Uh, And uh, objective justification is where Jesus dies for the entire world. Subjective justification is where we say now, uh, specifically moving to the individual, he died for you. And this is really key because... um, When we deal with the relationship or the the salvation, the justification that Christ has won for you, that begins to put things into your court in the sense of you now have salvation. You are now saved. You are a child of God. And that is there where faith hangs its hat, if you will. That's where it really matters because not everyone believes that. And that's why some are not saved is because they doubt that reality. They uh, deny it as untrue and ridiculous. And that's where condemnation comes in. So the fact that we're moving here to you and telling you that this
0: happened for you, this is where we can hang our hat for our own salvation. This gospel call goes out, and it is an invitation. Come unto me. But it is not something that I can decide to do on my own or give my heart to Jesus. God delivers the deliverance to us by word and sacrament, and that is beautifully displayed in verse 7, where it talks about how we are baptized into the precious name of God and how the Word of God cannot be broken. Pastor, uh, do you want to read verse 8 now? Another one of those verses that uh, is a beautiful verse but was omitted in uh, LW, thankfully back in LSB, verse 8, hymn 555, Salvation Unto Us Has Come.
1: Yeah, and, and between these two verses, 7 and 8, that are in the hymnal on the L. There's actually another verse that is in the original that we don't have in our LSB for some reason or another. So verse 8 in the hymnal. The law reveals the guilt of sin and makes us conscience stricken. But then the gospel enters in that sinful soul to quicken. Come to the cross, trust Christ and live. The law no peace can ever give, no
0: comfort and no blessing. What a, what a marvelous uh, continuation of that gospel call and how the only thing that can quench the guilt and terror uh, caused by the law Uh, as it exposes our sin, is the sweet and precious gospel. Let's listen now to verse 8. I love the organ in uh, those first two lines there, that boom, 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 uh, highlighting the, the terror and the panic that the law brings into a sinner's heart, and then it smooths out, and it's very joyous and very festive. Now, we've got two verses left in uh, LSB, verses 9 and 10. Uh, We can't take a lot of time here, Pastor, but there are four verses that are omitted. Uh, When uh, Sparatus wrote this hymn, there were 14 verses. The earliest versions of this hymn have all 14 verses. Uh, I know that uh, with your Bach program, you... uh, you, you have delved into some of these verses that didn't make our hymnal, but are prominent in some of Bach's work So what can you tell us about these four verses that? Uh, you know sadly there's enough room on the page all four of those verses could have fit uh, But le- well, let's not argue with the editors of uh, LSB at this point talk to us about those four uh, lost or omitted verses
1: well uh they are important because they continue to teach the basics of the faith and to even talk about the way that we live as Christians in this world. And so in that way, it's kind of sad that they're not in there. Uh, It talks about how we, uh, the the verse that we just skipped over that's not there, uh, talks about how faith is the way we're saved, but then faith produces fruits or good works that serve our neighbor. And it reminds us we're not saved because we do those good works, but we do those good works because we're saved, uh, which talks then about our, our, Christian life and even reflects the book of James uh, a little bit in that regard.
0: And Ephesians 2 8, 9, and mm-hmm. 10, which talks, 10, verse 10 talks about how good, good works follow faith.
1: Right. We have um, then a verse that talks about. Um, Hope is waiting for the time when God shows his power, uh, and we don't know when that will be. We don't know when God's going to act. We don't know when God's going to take us to heaven. Uh, Those things are all at his good timing, uh, and we might feel like things are delayed or that he hasn't done the things that he promised, but in the end, we know that he will, and so we trust him. And I think that's an important thing for us to remember in this life, too, because Lots of times we get angry and say, well, why aren't you doing anything? And the hymn takes an opportunity to tell us about that. Um, We also have one that teaches us not to be afraid when we're facing challenges and difficulties, uh, but rather that uh, his love is there, even if we don't see it, it's hidden away. Uh, And his word, I think this is great in that verse, takes away our doubt, uh, even if our flesh It's no shall shout. Uh, In other words, we look to the word to continue to feed and sustain that faith throughout our days of life here in this place. Uh, And then the last verse, which actually would be the very last verse of the hymn in the original, um, would be talking about his kingdom come, his will on earth be done as tis in heaven. Of daily bread there be no dearth, and of our sins be forgiven. And we do them who owe us aught. into temptation, lead us not from evil, free us. Amen. It kind of reflects the words of the Lord's Prayer there as well
0: uh lord words of the lord's prayer and like so many great hymns do talk about the reality of heaven at the end of a christian life and uh, that is always something for us to emphasize we want to look now quickly at verse 9 in lsb 555 the the last uh, theological teaching verse of the hymn and uh, pastor you want to read verse 9 Faith clings to Jesus' cross alone and rests on him unceasing, and by its
1: fruit true faith is known, with love and hope increasing. For faith alone can justify, works serve our neighbor, and supply the proof that faith is living.
0: All right. Uh, uh, echoing again Ephesians two eight nine 9, and 10. We are saved by grace through faith, and yet good works flow freely from that faith. Let's listen to verse 9. What a great verse in that hymn talking about how we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and that where faith is truly present, Good works flow, and that is proof to the world by their fruit. You will know them. Jesus uh, speaks of this clearly and freely. Pastor, the uh, the last verse, verse ten, and we'll play that at at the very end of our program here. It's a doxological verse extols the uh, the triune God um, who saved us by His grace. Glory to His name and His name alone. Um, before we uh, before we do that, before we bring this. Uh, uh, to a close let's uh, let's quickly go through uh, Wolf Mueller's hymn cruncher here and uh, and see if this hymn passes the muster uh, number one Jesus is Jesus mentioned
1: uh, absolutely <laughs> very clearly
0: and what kind of Jesus is he uh, uh, dying on the cross to save us and give us salvation Jesus uh, number two clarity is the hymn clear?
1: I mean, I don't know how you could be any more clear than this, right? It it lays out our
0: doctrine and our theology uh, very succinctly and in detail. Number three, mysticism, subjectivity over objectivity. Is the song about the things that God has done objective or about my own emotions and experiences, subjective?
1: I mean, that's the whole point of the song, right, is that God saves us without any work or merit in ourselves, without any worthiness in ourselves. He does it.
0: Uh, number four, law and gospel. Does the, <laughs> This is funny as I read this. Does the song proclaim the law in its sternness and the gospel in its sweetness? I mean, it's
1: almost like, you know, uh, does the, the, the right hymn crunch would be, does the song match up with
0: salvation unto us has come? Because it does. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And is there, uh, number five, is there any explicit false teaching? No. Okay, so is there any way we could give this anything other than 10 stars out of 10? No, I don't think so. No. Um, there has been some criticism through the time that it does not have as much flowery picture language as some other hymns. And uh, I remember one time this hymn being mocked by a very famous hymn writer in our church saying that it was merely rhymed doctrine. Pastor, give me your best um, Defense, apologia, for why this hymn should not only be sung in the church on a regular basis, but would be a great hymn to memorize personally or teach to your children.
1: Well, it's a great thing because this hymn has all these doctrines in there. And so when you're asked a question, if you have this hymn memorized, you can think about whatever verse deals with that issue and bring it to mind and be able to answer the question clearly and to, to know what the right answer is to that question. And so, you know, even the comment, was well, just rhyme doctrine. That's fantastic because that allows you to remember it and keep it and uh, make it your own. Uh, and what a great way to confess the faith then.
0: Uh, Pastor, sadly, we need to bring this episode to a close. This is episode 40, and for the next several episodes, we'll continue looking at uh, hymns in the hymnal. And we're beginning with great Lutheran hymns, hymns that everyone should consider singing and memorizing. Um, In the previous episodes, we, uh, we previewed this. Uh, hymn 708 was episode 39, Hymn 555 now here in episode 40. We look forward to uh, hearing your uh, comments and feedback on this hymn. And uh, Pastor, quickly, if they want to find these um, podcasts, where would they look to uh, look for all the At Home in Your Hymnal podcasts.
1: Well, uh, the At Home in Your Hymnal podcast, perhaps the easiest way to uh, find them is to go to the KNNA The Cross LP 95.7 website. Uh, if you search those words in Google, you'll find it. Uh, and there is a little link that has KNNA Theological Programming. And uh, this program, along with several others, can be found there underneath the Theological Programming icon.
0: We will bring this. Uh, Program to a close by hearing the last verse, verse 10 of salvation unto us has come, LSB 555, God's richest blessings in Christ.